Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoff and bowl season ready to kick off. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for the NFL, NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out the latest Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise today and get ready for the Peach Bowl with Blue White Outfitters because all sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State football season, we've still got you covered with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer for Nittany Lion fans. A limited supply of the State IPA is still available now. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state dash IPA to learn where and how you can get State IPA before it runs out. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Hi, everyone. We have got ourselves a hire in terms of the new defensive coordinator for Penn State football. Penn State has hired former Indiana head coach Tom Allen to be its next defensive coordinator. And this is something that my broadcast colleague, Justin King, has been talking about for a number of weeks. So I hope you've all been paying attention and reading between the lines because Jay King knows exactly what he's talking about. Thank you all so much for tuning in live here on our YouTube channel. This will post later on our audio only platforms like comment, subscribe, turn on notifications. And by the way, check us out on X and Instagram at State of State Pod for all the up to the date news, etc. Everything that's going on with the podcast. So we're we're trying to get with it a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> thank you all for hopping in the chat already. First of all, Justin, this is a name that you've thrown out there a couple of times. I think a lot of football fans have suspected Tom Allen with a defensive background, a background as a defensive coordinator. It would make sense that he would land a high-profile DC job, and that even he would work out at Penn State. You have thrown his name out there a couple of times, but now that the hire is real, how do you feel about it? I like the hire. I was, I've was i always been a fan of Tom Allen just from the standpoint of how he built his coaching staff in Indiana. When you just kind of dig into different coaches' backgrounds, why they get hired, and the talent that they are able to get in, in Indiana is impressive. And just the type of, I mean, I, I say the aggressiveness that they play with whenever you played them as Penn State, you knew that you, you probably would win but they would come out physical. They're going to be what they need to be. They force turnovers. They play extremely confident across the board with 
sometimes lesser talent, but at the same time, he has an ability of recruitment across the country, whether it's in, the, in, in Florida or Texas, and bringing those guys to Indiana. So the things that he was able to do as a head coach and just from his defensive standpoint, I've always kind of been a fan of how he ran an organization and then his defensive schemes and how his players played. I mean, just echoed that. There are a lot of people in the chat like James saying, love it, like Kevin saying, I like this hire, like Jim with the thumbs up emojis. I appreciate that very much. But then there's people like William saying, not digging this hire. Robert saying, really, I imagine with some sarcasm. If you go on social media right now, presently, this is a bit of a polarizing topic. And I think some of the same concerns that Penn State fans had initially when Manny Diaz was hired from, uh, from Miami a head coach who had a, I guess you would call it an unsuccessful run there at Miami, not to slight that in any, you know, over the top manner or anything. I don't even know if I would go so far to say like, yes, 33 and 49 is a head coach at Indiana. That's one thing. Let's not forget about the panic stretch in 2020 people. Let's not forget about the 2020 team, the 2021 team, the success that he had building on lesser talent for quite some time. There's a lot of people on social media pointing towards his numbers and his defensive uh, points per game allowed, you know, win-loss record, all those things. But then, again, we look at what Manny Diaz just got done doing, and he also had numbers that you could pick apart from his time at Miami as the head coach. How do you separate some of these metrics? Because I understand these are fair points for fans to bring up. I don't think you separate them. To be completely honest, there's a level of football IQ that is needed to understand when you're breaking down a coach, whether you're breaking down the evaluation of a player, sometimes it might see like the casual fan can pick up like level one things, whether it's like, oh, this person's good. And then you can see like from a more in-depth analysis. So like even when we think about Manny Diaz and what he was doing at Miami, rather they didn't have the success as a full team, when you looked at and isolated the defense, what he was able to do with the players, the turnover chain and the type of create turnovers that they were creating in that structure, you have to be able to have some creativity and place it within another parameter or frame and the same thing that goes with Tom Allen when you break down how he was able to build how they were able to do different things with defense where he stand I mean it happens a lot of different areas I mean Steve Spagnuolo is a great example of a defensive coordinator that had a rough time as a head coach where he was my head coach but he's won multiple Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator so when you start seeing these different aspects from coaches it's two different positions. So I don't think you can judge a defensive coordinator based on their time as a head coach and vice versa. But the things that he's able to do from a mentality standpoint, uh, physicality standpoint and recruiting, like he has an opportunistic type of defense and he ingrains that in his players. So when it comes down to those different things, I think we have to look at the right metrics to evaluate coaches, not necessarily, oh, what is this overall total here, 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 and some every, everywhere else because I mean we see the different stuff that happens in the NFL where just coaches go bad because there's like a stat like oh they are led in this category or this category it's like well right. does that fit within the culture are you able to connect with the players and like how do these things operate so when it comes down to that there is there is some expertise that comes into operating with the right coaching personnel James is echoing your sentiments in the comments. Some guys are much better coordinators than head coaches. Look at a guy like Derek Mason. That's a perfect example. Uh, even before this season at Oklahoma, I would have made that ar argument about Brent Venables. I think the jury is still out. But that first season at Oklahoma, everybody was saying the same thing about Venables, arguably the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of college football. So it's you got to give these things time. I think we've, just, we've only just begun, obviously. Uh, Lee making a comment here that, you're hearing on social media, I'm not sure about it because I never heard of Tom Allen until he got the head coaching job 
at Indiana. So just uh, some backstory on Tom Allen. He's been coaching since 1992. I was three years old at the time. Uh, he's also been at the college level since 2007. He was a defensive coordinator uh, at Lambeth University, Drake University, uh, went to Arkansas State as an associate head coach, went to Ole Miss as a linebacker special teams coach, D.C. at South Florida, D.C. at Indiana, and then eventually was raised to be the head coach at Indiana. The one thing I like about this out of many is that this is a guy who loves his players, clearly connects with his players, and we talk about – the ability level that you're going to get at Indiana versus Penn State, he got the most out of less at a university that did have success in this conference a few years ago. And there was a comment here. I want to pull it up uh, from Robert, and maybe you can corroborate this, Justin, is the only reason Indiana's defense started to slide the last few years is because Tom Allen stopped calling plays on the defensive side. So th there's a lot to dissect here. What do you think? I mean, it's funny because Tom Allen's name is somebody is a name that always was brought up to me. Shout out to Jevin, uh, Jevin, the video director for the football team. He was at, he's from India. He's from Indianapolis and that was his high school coach. Like, so that was his coach. So he's always kind of been, or he, I don't know if he was his high school coach or his coach at India and, and at one point of his career, but he's always raved about the type of guy he was and how he's built. So like, I've learned some of the backstories from a player that actually worked on the Penn state staff for a long time. So you always knew when you're playing against a team, they embody that head coach personality and different things of that nature. And so when you played Indiana, they had a tough, physical, fast football team for an Indiana squad where you're like, okay, that it has to be coming from the head or from the leadership here. But with that being said, I mean, again, I like the hire and I'm not, I'm not surprised by it at all. No, I, I personally like the hire. And another thing about this, I was just saying to it is that, he was fired recently by Indiana in the last few weeks, gets a $20 million buyout. Okay. Awesome. And I think you, you and I have talked about on the show is that it's like, um, I can't believe Indiana is willing to part with $20 million to put a new coat of paint on their program. Again, it's a smaller program. It's just it's everything to scale. That's a, that's a big amount to eat. And Tom Allen was very outspoken after the fact, not so much, damning the Indiana football program, but saying that they need to embrace NIL and that that was a consistent problem there. And I, again, I come back to 2020, the team went six and two, again, a very weird year in college football. We can all agree on that. The man took the team to three bowl games, eight and five in 2019, excuse me. So I have that backwards 2021 things started to slip two and 10, four and eight, three and nine. But again, that's the advent of NIL. So that lines up is that if Tom Allen's like, we need to get on board with this and the university isn't, that's a problem. Obviously, there is an alignment there. However, you can feel the alignment here at Penn State because you have a head coach of the defense, which is exactly what James Franklin has wanted. And on top of that, a dude who clearly is outspoken about moving forward and being progressive in pursuing NIL benefits for players. I like that stuff off the field. The one thing I love about defensive coaches, I mean, shout out to my man, Sam Swarstein, who's on uh, NFL Prime. But we always talked about if you wanted to have someone run your organization, would you want a defensive coach or an offensive coach? And I, my, always, my thing was always kind of leaning towards a defensive coach in college and, and a, an offensive coach in the NFL. And really because I feel like a defensive coach in college understands the dynamic 
qualities of playmakers, right? You kind of set your frame of what you're doing and you kind of let them go and you're kind of more so training mentality of attacking and it's like more of a culture building of that. And I think that's what we've seen from Tom Allen or what we'll get from him coming into Penn State. So I'm saying to say like, we see the different, like the records at the end of his career. I don't think that really means too much of his ability to be a defensive coordinator because I think he fits within the mold, whether it's aggressive, uh, aggressive play calling, whether it's blitzing, uh, creating turnovers, and he runs a funky defense. It, they did there with a four-two-five, you know, four four down linemen, two linebackers, and five nickel back. I mean, five defensive backs. So I'm not sure if they're going to continue to keep that up. But I mean, with the uptick in talent and then be able to recruit, those guys put a high value on special players because they know that on defense, a lot of times it's reactionary type movements to where you can let special players be special. You know what I mean? So they're just like, if you put Michael Parsons on the field, there's certain things that you just can't draw up that he can do. Like the blitz doesn't look the same. Sometimes on offense, when you get that with guys that have a lot of experience, is you have to do uh, a 10 yard in at 10 yards. There's no mm-hmm. there's no special sauce that can be added to it unless you know you make a big you're play. You're doing it or on, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing it or you're not. On defense, you kind of create this culture to make plays. And I think Manny Diaz did a great job with it. I think Tom Allen will be successful with it as well at Penn State. But let's not forget that we have talent and he's kind of plugging into a successful essentially historic run a number one defense that we can say at the end of the 2023 season and to the point chris is making here in the chat a historic run of defensive coordinators uh chris thank you for the love uh about the podcast we appreciate it and state ipas get them while they last manny diaz left some big shoes that needed to be filled not sure how this guy will do as our new dc but we're going to have to wait and see you go from brent pry to manny diaz to Tom Allen, that ain't bad. That's that's a really nice lineage. And again, you've you've said it in the past few weeks on this is that Brent Pry went on to be a head coach. Manny Diaz was a head coach, went back to being a head coach at Duke. Tom Allen has been a head coach. Now back to his roots a little bit of being a defensive coordinator. I really like this progression. I think you're going to see some differences from Manny Diaz, and that I think Diaz's defenses took more risks than most defenses in the country. The 4-2-5 base alignment that you just talked about, you saw that a lot from Manny. Manny also gravitated more towards the three-safety look, uh, depending on who comes back next year and lock down you, the defensive backs, the secondary. That could dictate some of that stuff. But in terms of Allen versus Diaz style-wise, what are what are some of the changes that Penn State fans can really expect? I think it's I think it's actually gonna be pretty similar in just terms of how aggressive and how he kind of moves and like blitzing with a lot of defensive backs. So opportunistic type of defense. And with that being said, I mean he it's it's a great fit. I don't think much is going to change. It's gonna be interesting to see what weapons he has available versus who's going to the NFL and who's gonna to continue to stay. But I think it's a great fit for I think it's a great fit for Penn State's defense. But um we've got a lot of young talent that's coming up too. So I I'm, I'm still looking for a success this next year, to be completely honest. And the way that he played, the one thing that I would pitch to him is not necessarily, I mean, his schematics, but I always just admire how his teams played, like the level of edge that they play with and aggressive tough. like mentality tough. and tough. And I think that being brought in, I mean, if you ever got around Manny Diaz, he has an aura of him like, yeah, we're, 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 we're building assassins in here and I'm not okay. I'm okay saying that. And that's the type of attitude you need on a defense. There's a, it starts with the personality more so than anything and just the defensive philosophy. So with that being said, I think you're still going to see aggressive defenses. I think you're going to still see the guys being 
aggressive on the back end where it's still risky. Like, I don't think he's going to leave guys on uh, on the island because when you have personnel that Penn State has, you can be more aggressive as a defensive coordinator. And that's what we do have. So, I, and, I, and again, I think he's going to come in and make an impact on the recruiting side too because I think coming in and recruiting from a head coach standpoint and defensive coordinator is a, extremely essential, whether it's from my side as being a recruit or even being um, in the building and just understanding the value and understanding how to bring the proper talent that fits within your defensive scheme. Griffin in the comments here, love it for recruiting scheme. He's a guy will, who will retire a Penn Stater. Who knows? I mean, he did just get a $20, $20 million buyout, so maybe <laughs> he, he rides off into the sunset after this. So I, I do want to acknowledge people in the in the comments here on the flip side of this, because, again, I think this is a polarizing hire to a lot of people. Phil saying, you have got to be kidding me. Uh, there's some people who are not happy about this. Uh how I mean, do you, how do you perceive that? Why do you think there is that obsession? I, w- I would like to know why they, I, I would more so want to know why they don't like it, right? Because everybody mm-hmm. has an opinion and everyone's not going to like everything that comes through, right? Like you said, people were upset about Manny Diaz. And mm-hmm. I mean, he had a, a failure at Miami from the head coach's standpoint. He got fired in a somewhat of an embarrassing way after he took the Temple job and jumped over. But we saw that he was able to come over and have a great impact because at this point he's plugging into the Penn state ecosystem underneath James umbrella. So he's not Tom Allen, the head coach, he's Tom Allen, the defensive coordinator. So you take a little bit of the responsibility off fits it underneath falls in line. What's going on at Penn state. And I think we have, we have the mix, the ingredients to, I mean, bake another great pie next year. Tis the season for giving and gathering. And with hello fresh, it can also be the season of saving Actually save money this month with fresh recipes delivered, cheaper than takeout, and with pre-portioned ingredients, you'll never waste money on excess food. Justin, everybody is trying to save money. It's time for the holidays. I'd rather spend my money on gifts than tons and tons of food. Save money and time, which we can't get back, right? Especially during the holiday seasons. We'd rather spend time opening up our gifts with our kids and our significant others instead of running to the grocery store fighting people for, I mean, last minute chicken and turkey. I don't know what everyone eats on uh, Christmas, but thanks for HelloFresh for having these, you know, convenient and deliverable uh, services where we can get our grub on. Yeah, there's no need to fight. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfasts to start your morning off right to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks both adults and kids will love. HelloFresh has tasty choices for every mealtime occasion. And the best part, no grocery store trip required. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LionFree and use code LionFree, that's L-I-O-N-F-R-E-E, for free breakfast for life one breakfast item per box while subscription is active that's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash lion free with code lion free that's l-i-o-n-f-r-e-e hello fresh america's number one meal kit um let's see so um, i want to go back to a comment here from Lisa, this is an interesting question because I do want people to chime in in the chat. Uh, tell us why you're not happy about this. We're all ears on this. We're giving mm-hmm. our opinions, but this is for you guys. Uh, first off, Lisa, here's a great question about uh, Coach Anthony Poindexter. Are we at risk of losing him now? I saw that he interviewed for the DC job. Plausible. I mean, that, that always comes up, and that's a, a piece on the college coaching carousel, right? Like, where do you want to be? um situated for that next year for your job to be up right so i think 
Poindexter being the co-defensive coordinator, as long as he keeps that same title, I don't think he goes anywhere because at the end of the day, you want to coach good players. So if like the where Penn State is and like being able to bring in top tier talent, I don't think Poindexter goes anywhere because they've been having that success. But at the same time, he would be a target if I'm outside looking in that I would be trying to target and go after because Mm -hmm. of what he's been able to produce on the back end and so on and so forth. And we see another comment here from said Jared James. I, I really want to speak on that because I think that's exactly what I was saying about the talent dictating how someone calls their defense. And I can go back to, I, I use Spag a lot because I think he's one of the top premier defensive oh, coordinators. Great. And he was, my, he was my head coach. And it was so funny because as the head coach, he got a lot of different flack because we weren't winning. We gave up a lot of yards. Same thing when he was with the Saints. But when he was on the defense, it was he was a genius. Like when he stepped out of like a head coaching sphere and came into defense to start teaching me the nickel position, what to look for. I mean, it was it was a doctorate level football. I mean, it's where a base level of my a large knowledge base of my defensive stuff came from was him. And when you've seen the different things that happened, like when he had the Giants and they had straight hand all those guys and they won the Super Bowl, he had four horsemen. So he had a different way of operating his defense. When he came to the Rams, we didn't have those type of front four linemen, gave up a lot of yards. We went to the Saints. They actually gave up the most yards in NFL history because he didn't have the personnel to run that opportunistic and very aggressive defense. So to answer that question, he was more of his own guy because, I mean, it's a very scary thing when you put guys man on man or leaving them out to dry and you're just giving up tons and tons of yards especially as a defensive minded head coach so I, I think that's exactly why they ran zone schemes at indiana and coming into a place like penn state i mean manny diaz ran more fire blitzes and fire zones when he was at miami versus coming to penn state running being able to run man when you have a kaylin king on one or one corner johnny dixon on the other and then day day uh day hardy in the middle you know covering slot receivers you can really loosen up and be aggressive with your play calls. So I think that's all uh, a product of, again, talent. Like I always say, it always starts with talent acquisition. <laughs> Jimmy's and Joe's versus X's and O's. There we there go. You, there you go. Uh, to those listening, uh, Jared's point in the comment section, was Tom Allen a zone scheme guy at Indiana? Is that because he didn't have the talent at corner to play man? Not sure. Uh, and it sound, and that was the question that Justin was just answering. And then also uh, Jared saying here in the comment section, uh, Tom Allen screams on the sideline a lot. I mean, a lot. Uh, so again, we're all ears to the people that dislike this hire. Um, I I think this is kind of split 50-50 in the, in the time since this was announced going on social media. Some people love it. Some people hate it. So we want to hear everything that you guys have to say. Um, Justin, you've been around football a long time. I remember playing peewee football and high school football with coaches that screamed, coaches that scream. Uh, I think of Nick Saban. I think of Kirby Smart. I think of Dabo Sweeney. I think of James Franklin every once in a while. Like It's part of it. I don't know. And especially if you've got a, a bulldog, a defensive coordinator, I'm not mad at that. But if you're mistreating players, then obviously that's a problem. I don't know if that's ever been associated with Tom Allen. I mean, if you win two games, which his last couple of records was two and two and eight, three and nine, I would be yelling if that was the record and I'm continuing to lose. Like, so like yeah. we got to understand, we got to get some context to that. And to jump back to a point that you said earlier, even about the head coaches and being, it's like looking at someone's credit or like credit history, right? Mm-hmm. It's like start with Shoop, not even Pride, because Shoop was a award winning Broyles 
a Broyles Award defensive coordinator when he went to Mississippi State after he left Penn State. And then Pratt came in. So that's four defensive coordinators that have had tremendous success at Penn State and just historically Penn State to play defense. So I I would lean more towards, you know, having some level of comfort with this hire coming in, especially with his pedigree on defense. So I, I'm all, like you said, I'm all open to hear the people that are this disgruntled, but I think it comes more from how you might view Indiana as a program, not necessarily the guy as an individual coach. Sure. Uh, Lee hopping in the comments section. I will say his players at Indiana loved him. I, I think that was evident for years uh, out of that program. Um, Linden coming in here 2024 should be epic. We certainly hope so. I want to get to both coordinators here in a moment and Jared back in here. Uh, I don't dislike the hire. He was a head coach. Franklin likes that, of course. I don't mind the screaming. Just don't reprimand guys on the sideline. That's not a good look. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's going to happen. There's cameras everywhere. Things happen. The, as I just said, how many times have we seen Nick Saban yell at players on the sideline? My, my first play in Penn State history was I fumbled on the four-yard line and Joe met me at the numbers screaming at me after a 70-yard run. So, like, yeah, getting yelled what? at happens. <laughs> what are you doing? Hold on to the ball. So, you know, it happens. It happens. It happens. Um, Josh in here, I strongly believe Franklin will ask Tom Allen to maintain some of the same defensive schematics as Manny Diaz. Poindexter does a phenomenal job of recruiting defensive backs. I, I agree on both points. And then another name, I, I think, you know, Terry Smith, your stepfather is the associate head coach, obviously plays a huge part in the recruiting and training of defensive backs. I, in the lead up to this hire, giving this thought, and I don't know anything of the conversations that happened within Lash, but I'm just thinking about, we've heard so many times, Justin, and you know better than I, how much James Franklin thinks of Terry Smith as that special counsel that person that he can go to bounce ideas off of. If you move him from his current role into defensive coordinator, it could potentially alter that relationship, that role altogether. And that like that relationship, those two respect each other as human beings, as friends, as men, they've both been on the record about that, but it inherently changes the structure of your staff. So uh, again, I, from the outside looking in, I'm glad that Terry Smith is still a part of the Penn State football program. And if he was interviewed for this and he didn't get it, I don't think that's a lack of ability. I think it's just he is great in the role that he's in now. Um, and then Anthony Poindexter, again, I hope that he's somebody that stays a part of the program for a while. Sounds like a culture guy. Sounds like he's loyal to the program. But guys have to make the right decisions for themselves. Uh, at the end of the day, Poindexter did interview for his alma mater, Virginia, interviewed to be the head coach there a few years ago. It's just a question of how this all plays out in the next few years. I think the defensive side of the ball at Penn State has a really unique way of operating, right? You talk about mm -hmm. even when Tim Banks was there as a co-defense coordinator, now there as a, uh, as a top premier defensive coordinator at Tennessee, he was a co-coordinator with Pratt and the way that they operate. It's like a real good share of information. You bring in Point Dexter, and then you have um, my dad, Terry Smith, as more of like that uh, like that chief defensive strategist, where it's like, how does all mm. these different things, like you're coming in from the outside, this is your co-defensive coordinator thing from here, and this is how we operate, whether it's the personnel coming in at Penn State, how does it connect to the other things, whether it's these guys fitting into the special teams, whether it's like our recruiting on the defensive side of the ball that adds to the value of the team and so forth and so on. And I think they have a nice mixture to where you start to understand that there's more than one just very critical piece on the defense. And like the defensive coordinator 
I mean, everyone knows from outside looking in that that's an important position. But when you have like tenure of coaches that way on the defense, like a Terry Smith, like a Anthony Poindexter, that's why you see like the special sauce that happens. I mean, when you have elite guys where no one's begging for the credit, but we're all trying to get to that right outcome, I think whether Terry Smith more so fits into that from a Penn State guy standpoint and even Poindexter understanding where everything fits from that co-defensive coordinator standpoint, a primetime Hall of Fame uh, NCAA player, it, it's it's a nice mix. And then you bring in like that head coach type of defensive savant on top of it. Without egos, man, you can really produce some nice results when that type of structure. I think it's appropriate to get Phil in here. L-E-O, for those that don't know, in Indiana, their motto is L-E-O, love each other. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no egos. Everybody love everybody. All right. This everybody is love everybody. ELE, baby. Eleven more That's hours to go. That's the best. Um, I was sorry. I want to. I got a little distracted. There. I'm going to cycle back. Uh, Robert saw this earlier. Only way he's going to be welcome is to come out and say that Michael Penix Jr. was short in 2020. I would love to see any of our dear friends in the Penn State sports media world in that press conference do that. I'm looking at you, Mike Porman. I'm looking at you, Thomas Frank Carr. Freaking do it, okay? <laughs> I would you got to give me some context. I'm, I'm, I'm missing. What, what am I missing? So you, what? well, you remember Penn State versus Indiana in 2020 in the pandemic, no fans. Right. Michael Penix yeah. Jr. in overtime, the Penix stretch reaches for the pylon. Plenty of Penn State fans, myself included, I, believe the ball touched the chalk first, and then he was out of bounds. They ruled it that he was in bounds, and it was a touchdown. Got it. Never mind. I know you're being out. Okay, I, I, I lost it for a second. But yeah, <laughs> or rather, yeah. that game was in Indiana. <laughs> Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, challenging. There was a question back here or more a comment altogether. Let's get this. Yeah, Jim, Like I like both coordinator hires, one up and coming and one who knows the scene. So offensive coordinator Andy Kotelnicki was introduced within the past few days and talked about how his offense is like a, quote, Dairy Queen blizzard in that it looks complicated, but on the inside, it's vanilla, and it's a lot of very basic elements that make a great milkshake and potentially a great offense. And I think that's some of the things that Coach Dan Casey talked about when we had him here on State of State is that this team wants, this offensive scheme, rather, wants to run the ball. It's basic fundamentals, but it's a lot of window dressing. It's a lot of motion. It's a lot of things to just kind of throw you off balance. So Kotal Nicky is getting this label of like, oh, he can be innovative and creative and it's flashy and it's all these things. And I know you're apprehensive about that. We hearken back to the days of Chip Kelly once upon a time. So it's but still actually, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I actually like what he said of that basic uh, a basic approach where the core fundamentals of the offense is what, what it is. And then he kind of put his candy on top. That is mm -hmm. essentially what the Shanahan's whole, op their whole family has uh, made a whole bunch of money on is like basic things and window dressing them in different ways. So that whole philosophy of offense isn't necessarily, I guess it's closer to Shanahan than it is to a Chip Kelly. Cause like when you talk about like basic concepts, different mm -hmm. looks, getting to them in different ways, even um, McDaniels and Miami, it seems like it's all crazy because you got a mm -hmm. guy that runs nine, eight hundred meters out there moving around and speed all over the place, but they have basic principles getting on edges and numbers and attacking that. So like those, that's why I like those type of guys. And typically those guys with those base understanding of that offense, they kind of lean onto the players a little bit more. So with Andy saying those different things, I, mm -hmm. I think, even my enjoyment or expectations of him has kind of gone up a little bit. 
so much that you love his last name too. It's your favorite thing. Andy. <laughs> Where's Andy? <laughs> Andy and Tom. There you go. Andy uh, and no, Tom. I, I do. I do agree that I think there's a plenty of reasons for positivity following this hire because now you have these both set going into 2024 and in that you have heard over the last few days the players that are returning to play in the Peach Bowl, some that are electing to play um, in the Peach Bowl and still will be declaring for the NFL draft, who's coming back. Um, there's rumors out there that Julian Fleming could be on his way to Penn State. I don't know if that's confirmed or anything yet, but there's a lot of things happening right now to lock this down and solidify, as as it was just said in the chat, an up-and-coming offensive coordinator and Andy Kotelnicki who can hopefully unlock Drew Aller and do some bigger things with Nick Singleton and Katron Allen than they were already doing, and then a defense run by Tom Allen who very well could take the torch that was lit by Shoop, Pry, and Diaz and carry it forward and hopefully raise the bar. I think there's reason for a lot of positivity going into 2024. This feels good. It does. I mean, we'll still see what players decide to opt in uh, for the NFL draft next year and just that reloading process. But I mean, again, one thing that I've always said is probably James's best trait as a head coach is being able to build a staff of coaches. And I I don't I don't mean I don't take that lightly. I don't mean that in any way. I mean, that is a strong thing to have when you're building an organization. And that's why he's had. I mean, possibly 11, like this is like what might be the fifth 11 win season in eight years. That's, that's, this, yes, yes, you're right. It could, yeah, I'm saying that's some pretty, I don't, I don't think everyone within the football or Penn State ecosystem understand how hard that is to do, regardless of if you beat Ohio State or Michigan at all. But that comes down to having premier coaches at each level getting guys ready or per, to perform at their height and potential or, playing at the level that Penn State wants to play at, or from James's perspective, and to put coaches in place, that's where you see a lot of organizations falter when they're hiring a lot of friends, or it's like, hey, this guy's his first job. and Because that really matters. If any sport where coaching matters, it's football. A hundred percent. And especially going into 2024, again, you get USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon. Being able to pick up where you left off defensively is going to be very very important because you can welcome those Pac-12 teams with defense. And that's something that the Pac-12, granted, was up this past year, but still is going to be a change for those teams. And then for Andy Kotelnicki, we know points are at a premium in the new Big Ten. <laughs> um, go, I, bet you, I bet you Andy's going to go for a lot on fourth down. Watch. No, this, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, we'll see about that. Hey, and shout out to Black Underwear. <laughs> Some of the black, seriously, some of the black, some of the best underwear on the market. Shout out to James McDonald. They're not even Penn a sponsor. Maybe they will a sponsor, be sponsor. But former Penn State Letterman has the best underwear out. Anybody checking out, man, go check it. Go who's, check it out. Who's behind it? James McDonald. He came into my in my recruiting class and all that good stuff. Play receiver from Dunbar High School out of DC. Now doing a thing. Uh, big time model in Miami has an underwear company. You guys check that out. I mean. Always keep your uh, favorite pair for your favorite pair. It's <laughs> a, a free plug. Yeah, maybe we'll get a sponsor out of this. Um, thank you all so much for tuning into this live. This will post on our audio-only platforms. Again, like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, rate us. And don't forget to follow us on X and on Instagram at State of State Pod. We just got those going. We're going to have all sorts of content going up there. Any news and information about the show is going to be there. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Continue to sound off in the comments section because we're excited about this. Some of you are not. 
We want to hear all your opinions on Wednesday's show. We're going to dive more into this. We're going to talk a little bit about the personnel moves, the roster moves, who's coming back for the Peach Bowl, who's going to the NFL draft, who's going to be on the team again in 2024. There's a lot going on. But again, the headline from today, Penn State has a new defensive coordinator, and his name is Tom Allen. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.